What's up, and welcome back to Major League Talk episode 40, the big sexy edition. It's the Bartolo Colon edition. I'm your host, J.D. Johnson. Alongside me always is the Houdini himself. Dino, how are we? How we doing? Fantastic. Also with us is the great De Palma. What's poppin', boys? Oh, not much. Dean, uh, do you think I maybe modeled my pitching game after big sexy Bartolo Colon? Oh, a little bit for sure, for sure. <laughs> Especially that like old school windup they used to do, <laughs> the the bird, that was the shit. <laughs> JD, I like seriously like uh, would randomly throw in like an eighteen nineties pitching like motion, like rock back and forth and like roll my arm up. It was hilarious, bro. I love that. <laughs> but little shout out, real quick. One of us got a year older. It was Dino's birthday. The Houdini himself. It was his birthday. Sunday. Yes, Sunday. Today. Hey, yeah. Sunday! Yeah. So happy birthday, happy birthday, Dean! We all wish you appreciate happy it. Birthday. Another trip good. around the sun, brother. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, but make <laughs> sure you guys are voting. Make sure you guys are voting on our Twitter page for the poll pod topics. They're all Halloween topics for the upcoming holiday, which will be released on October thirty uh, first. So make sure you guys are voting for that. Our Twitter handle, our Twitter handle is at JD with Sports. No spaces, no dots, no underscores, just JD with sports. Guys, I did something today that's kind of an unwritten rule while driving, and I'm, I need to know if it's okay. I don't know why I did it. It was just more like, so my friend at baseball told me, like, yo, you got to try this. And I was like, he told me, and I was like, dude, you're weird. I would never do that. So basically, I got at a red light, stopped. Windows down because it's Florida, just enjoying the nice breeze. Turn my head, make direct eye contact with someone. I did not look away until he looked away, and it was a, a stare off for like at least like a good 12 seconds. And I don't know why, but I felt good after just like knowing that like I outstared. Asserting dominance. Assert- I asserted my dominance and was just like the alpha of the – the whole situation. Like, I don't know what it was. Was I in the wrong? I don't know. No, but I think I, I know was... exactly how Dean's going to react. I can't wait to hear it. I mean, that's a ballsy move right there. Uh, it's uh, it's an aggressive, it's a passive aggressive move, to be honest with you. It's it's like, like I'm going to make you my bitch and you don't even know it yet. It, it also could backfire and it's backfired on me before. So, yeah, (laughs) it's one of those things where, like, you got to be confident in the person that you're looking at, because after three after after three seconds, you can tell if it's going to turn sideways or not. Yeah, dude, I I don't know if if I said I would probably like after a couple of seconds would just kind of laugh it off and like be like, what's up? Like, what's going on, dude? (laughs) Like, you know, like, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) I mean, I, mean, I, I guess the, the good part was his windows were up, mine were down, so he did have this like the opportunity to roll his windows down and say something. I don't know why, I just like felt the need to try it after my friend telling me this. <laughs> what What would you have said if he rolled his window down and said, "The fuck are you looking at?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that car behind you, bro! It's a nice, car. yeah, nice car, man. I don't know. I'd make something up. Depends <laughs> on who it is, too. Can you describe the person that you were looking at? 
an older white gentleman with then you're fine like a camry <laughs> yeah you're fine at a, at, a, at a red light silver yeah. camry yeah you're good bro <laughs> drive down to opalaka and do that and see how long you last <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is probably shouldn't try that again I, I like I said, dude, and you know my motto: try everything twice. <laughs> yeah, that was your you first. Know, time. This is yeah, this is something that you have to try again. Now, I, I will tell you that that you will you will take yourself to the next level if it's a really good looking girl and you're able to win that staring contest, and you might find your next wife that way. <laughs> or you know, it might be two seconds. She might look at you and be like, "He's ugly as shit," and just look away. Or you get laughed at. Yeah, either one. Like, <laughs> like I said, tr- try everything twice. I'll give an update the next time I encounter that situation. But the last time we talked to you guys, we were talking about the Nats having a 2 nothing lead, and wow, that definitely changed. Astros took a commanding 3-2 lead, winning three in a row in D.C. at the Nationals' home. We talked about last podcast how you have to defend your home if you're going to try to win anything we're talking about the Yankees didn't do that and now the momentum of the series has been swaying back and forth this whole time Nationals had it against Cole Nationals kept it against Verlander then absolutely got blown away in the three games in DC and now the momentum feels like it's all on Houston's side and not only that the next two games or what could be the last game uh tonight tonight um is a minute made in Houston, their home. Like, I don't like, this is crazy. It's probably one of the craziest world series I've ever seen. Like, I mean, I, the Astros could end this thing in game six. It's over. It's over. I said that the nationals would end it in DC. I thought that they had the recipe failure to beat Granky, failure to beat Arkady, failure to beat Cole. Mm-hmm. And you have buried yourself because now you got to go beat JV and Granky in Houston, who let's not forget this team is 60 and 21 at home, not including the postseason. They don't yeah. have a shot. Yeah, I was, you know, when it, they went down 0-2 and the Astros went down 0-2, was a little worried. He was hoping they'd take two out of three in uh, in Washington. Obviously, I picked them in seven, uh, so I'm obviously excited. They won three there. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, Grinky, I, you know, he gave up seven hits in like four and two thirds. So I mean, they kind of got to him. He just worked around. It was just a hell of a game pitching. And that that little uh, I don't even want to call it a dust up, but that matchup between him and Soto. When he went down 2-0 and then or uh, 2-1, then threw that high and in fastball. Oh my god, I loved it. Speaking of, speaking of Soto, though, like it's just like I was watching um, game. I think it might have been game four, the day that uh, Juan Soto's birthday was when he turned 21. Yeah. And I was watching the game, and Joe Buck just made a comment to where I wanted to jump through the TV and just scream. At him, like I mean, he made his comment was, "Today is Juan Soto's birthday. If you do the math, that's uh, one less year than his number, twenty-two. Yeah, like that's like that's it just pisses comment. me off. Like to like that. Oh my gosh, that's just like you don't need to say that in a World Series like 
commentating. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. That's what I meant. It's such like this stupid commentating that he does. The side comments. So uh, I wrote down – real quick, Dino. I wrote down a couple of things. I was looking back through my phone. Uh, Grinky's power changeup. Have you seen that thing? That thing's disgusting. It's like 88, 89, and it moves ridiculously. Curveball's nice. The power changeup's filthy, and when he's got the balls to bust off the – the uh, the Ephus, it's like oh. a thirty. It's a, dude. It's like a thirty mile an hour difference. It's on. Yeah, it was like 60, 65 or sixty six miles an hour or something um, on the one strikeout. Uh, the other thing on there, I hate the grunting, dude. He's grunting out there like he's playing tennis, bro. Like I'm watching women's tennis. Like I, it's totally unnecessary. I also That's feel the- like you can only do that if you throw hard, though. Like if you're not sure, agree. you can't do that if you throw eighty nine. True. I I agree. I feel like you need to be shoving to do that, and which is why watching tennis is so hard because the grunting, to be honest with you, makes me feel very uncomfortable. Especially when dudes start doing it too, man. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I love I love watching Raj, like Roger Federer and like Djokovic and Nadal, like all the all the good you know top tier talent, but like. Every single one of them grunts. And yeah, you're exactly right. It's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Fun fact. My brother was getting his master's and he was – he had a bunch of internships at like the Florida Panthers. And then he did the um, – I don't know. He did some like ma- major tennis event and he had to like sit in the locker room. And he said Nadal <laughs> doesn't shave his bush. And, <laughs> And is an asshole, and so is Federer, which neither one of these surprises me. But Roger, Federer went to just because I yeah, idolized him. He, he he walked up to his locker and went, and you know my brother had to come unlock it for him. So <laughs> those guys dicks. But Wait, to circle. Go ahead. Was was your brother getting his masters as a degree, or was he at the masters? No, the masters, the masters yeah. first golf. You fucking idiot. <laughs> But that's what I was so confused by. I was like, what? No, he was so, getting there, his- so there Roger Federer was competing for his sixth gold or his sixth green jacket. Gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? Uh, so to circle back to the to the World Series, because that's what originally we got on this topic. Um, the Nationals have been outscored 19 to three. We're, we're outscored 19 to three in those three games. They were out hit. 34 damn to like 17 oof including the last game was i shut off i think after the third inning yeah, because there was no reason to watch it i mean cole's line was seven innings three hits one earned run nine k's yep his you know his one earned run was in the seventh and it was a bomb to soto that was the call I was expecting the first time around. Yeah, I mean, th- dude, like I said, I thought that th- I thought they had the formula to do it. I thought their their scrappy baseball was going to pay off, and they had the Astros exactly where they wanted them. You took both in Houston. Yep. All you had to do was win one. You, yeah, your, you'd, you'd prefer to win the, the three-game set of your place two to one, but yeah, e- even if you win one, you're in so much better shape than getting swept at home. 
Yeah, I just and I was very disappointed in the in the DC crowd. I think that they were so stunned to be there that they didn't necessarily know how to act. I was very disappointed. I've been to a Redskins playoff game and it's lit. I've been to Caps playoff games. It is the most electric environment you could ever imagine. And this was just a letdown for me. Yeah, interesting fact though about this World Series, nobody, no team has lost on the road yet. Teams are 5 and 0. Does this streak continue for the Nationals now going to Houston for game 6 with a potential game 7 if they keep the streak maybe of winning on the road? This is for both teams what I mean. You know what I mean? Like no each team hasn't won a home game yet in this World Series. I think this is the third time this has ever happened in baseball. It's over, bro. No, yeah, I, I think I think JV locks it down. I, I you know, at least that's what I'm hoping happens. Um, but you know, it, the Nats are so dangerous, and Dean, you're talking about it, like how pesky they can be. They're scrappy, like a couple base hits, and you know the ball flies at a minute made. So anything can happen there. And Verley's given up the most home runs in baseball this year, but he's still a stud pitcher. I'm still rolling with the Astros here. I was really shocked Scherzer was scratched from that game. It must have been bad. Yeah. Well, like, that's what we're had, about to get into. It, it, had to, it had to have been bad. I think, he, I think he pitched in the World Series with the Tigers one time, but, you know, that's maybe only his second World Series start, second or third World Series start right there. I mean, everything I see from him screams competitor. So it must have right. been so bad that there was no way he could have pitched. Yeah, I mean, bouncing off of what Dean's talking about, before Game 5, we all thought Max Scherzer was going to pitch, and then we probably all got the alert on our phone saying that Max Scherzer was being pulled and Joe Ross was going to be starting the game due to neck spasm and a tight back. Mad Max said himself in a press conference before the game that his wife actually needed to help him get dressed in the morning. I mean, Dino, you said it the best. Like, this guy's an in my opinion, he probably is the best competitor in the game. You know, there have been a lot of talks of him maybe possibly pitching a game seven if the Nationals win game six. I mean, if I had a million dollars, I really, really think this. If I had a million dollars, I would put it all on the Nationals winning and Max Scherzer absolutely throwing a masterpiece in game seven if they get there. I wouldn't ever bet that. No, I Max Scherzer's too much of a competitor. He's needed this. He will go down more than a legend in Nationals history. He will go down as a right. god. If, if, it, if, if it wasn't coming off of a, of a off these next debilitating neck spasms that he couldn't pitch this other game, I would th- I would entertain that idea. But if he's you have that big question mark, I mean he could be done in, you know, six outs and then and then he's over. Like it's over. But if he's healthy, yeah, that may be I may go Mad Max there. I don't uh, I don't even think it's getting a seven. I really I mean, don't. They got Strauss. I, it doesn't matter. They have Verlander. Like, like I just, I feel like baseball is such a game of momentum, and and it's once you lose it, it is so hard to regain it back. And it's not like it's being tilted. Like it's gone. It's done. Like it's gone. Any momentum you had going back to your home park is it's not like shifted. Like they talk about momentum shifting and then just being completely taken away. 
It is completely gone. There is nothing they can do to regain this other than steal a game six to force a seven because everyone knows anything can happen in a game seven. But I don't think the Astros at this point can taste it. And and I don't – their backs were against the wall when they went to D.C. And they knew that. And they responded. And I think it's I, – I, I couldn't have been more wrong in my prediction by saying that the National – I thought they were the hottest team in baseball, which statistically they were. But, you know, in the last 11 games, they're 8-3. and three. Any, Anybody would be like, that's fantastic. Unfortunately, those three happened to be the last three games at home. Wins and then, yeah, three in a row right there. You know, good teams don't lose two games in a row. Great team. Yeah, you you in the playoffs. Think- but you don't think that – say they did get to a game seven. You don't think Max Scherzer like would – like I th- personally, I think he would – like that would be the most meaningful game to him ever than his perfect game. Or no, I mean his no-hitter that he threw, any shutout he's ever threw, any playoff game he's threw because I feel like that would be such a career-defining moment if he won that game and brought D.C. their first championship ever. Like that's more what I was getting at to where like – just his attitude and like tone that he pitch, like he throws every single time that he pitches. Like I feel like it'd just be like you have no chance on scoring at this guy, no matter what pro- their problem there may be. If his neck may be like broken, he's still going to strike you out. Like I, do, I don't know why I get that vibe from Max Scherzer. No, I agree with you. Unfortunately, if you were to tell me that this is a game where it's gonna a one run's gonna do it, yeah. I'm putting my money on the Astros lineup. Against against a hobbled Scherzer, like that's just that's that's just how it is. Even if Scherzer is a hundred percent healthy, if you told me it's a one run ball game, I am taking the Astros. The only reason why I'm, I'm it's like ninety eight percent Astros. The only reason why I'm sitting here saying two percent Nationals is because they can play small ball effectively. But when the DH comes back into play and Alvarez is starting to find his swing again. I'm sitting here saying that with the DH in play, I don't see the Nationals winning both games in Houston. Do I think they can force a game seven? Yes. Do I think that the odds are very slim? Yes. Yo, that Alvarez dinger when he backspun that baseball oppo like 400 to left center was disgusting. Well, and that's what we were talking about. We were saying, do you play him or sit him? Because he was starting to get hot. I believe I said play him. He got to because well, you did. We all, I think we all agreed on that. But, but he did sit the first game there. This is true. And then AJ Hinch finally got some sense in his head and put him in. Well, now all of a sudden, like, okay, you're two one. Well, what's the worst case scenario here? Right. Worst case scenario is you know we, we split the next two. And go back down three two, and he's back seeing pitches from the yep. DH role, and that's that. Like, he, uh, look, I hate AJ Hinch. I think he's uh, yeah, I can't stand him. I think he looks <laughs> like I think I think he looks like a twenty first century version of Pinocchio because his <laughs> schnoz is fucking huge. Yes, but I I just dude, I think and like part of the part of this goes back to the ALCS when they won, like. It was just so arrogant. His post game was just so arrogant. And I was like, dude, like, understand who you just beat, 
right? Like you, you beat up a Yankee team whose pitching staff, to be honest with you, is garbage. In which you needed extra, or you needed extra innings in in game two, and you almost blew game six. So I like I just little credit, you know, like hey, that's a great club over there. Like say something nice. My goodness, the guy's a dick. <laughs> Well, I know we've kind of already talked about it, but just just to say it, let's go to game six. It's going to be back in Houston, like we said, with Justin Berlander against Stephen Strasburg. Boys, who's winning this game, and will there be a game seven? Personally, I think I'm still going for the Nats. I picked them to win the World Series. I still got to have faith. I think Strasburg, Strasburg did it once in Houston. He can do it again. Verlander hasn't looked good in any of his recent starts. He didn't look good in his last Yankee start. Didn't look good in this start against the Nationals in game uh, two. I'm still going with the Nationals. I think there will be a game seven. Astros Astros win 5-1. I know it involves uh, picking a pitcher who I believe is 0-6 in the World Series. Um so, you know, I think he's already broke the record for the worst uh, record pitching in the World Series. So I'm going to go with him because hopefully it can't get any worse. Dino, you expounded on it earlier. They got all the momentum. It's so tough for a team to once you have that momentum, you win eight straight like the Nats did. And then you just get trounced on at home in, in a multitude of ways. You lose three straight and it, it, it feels like it's over. You know, it, I picked against them. I didn't think they had a chance versus the Dodgers. And I got the Astros in seven hope it doesn't go to seven. I think Verley gets his first World Series dub here. Let me add on to that, though. However, if there is a game seven and Max Scherzer doesn't pitch, I do not think the Nationals won. I know they still have Annabelle Sanchez that they still probably could use, which they very well may use in game six. And they have a Patrick Corbin who they could go to. But I don't I think if Max Scherzer doesn't pitch game seven, I think they lose, even if he's a little bit injured. But Bouncing off the last podcast, we left you with Dean's final thought about Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the new midi, uh, the new video game. Dino, how is the game? Is this overhyped or is it absolutely fantastic? So if you go back to the last pod, I literally said it all depends on the launch. All, all I said, that was like the one big thing because this is the problem with video games nowadays is you get a game and you expect the game to launch properly, the servers be okay, there not be any issues with anything, there's no need for an update right off the rip, and everything that could have went wrong went <laughs> wrong for them. Okay, and I and, and I and I already know, like with this podcast alone, I I'm going to eventually go over the 34 and a half <laughs> because it's it's just it's bound to happen, including my final thought. So there's just no possible chance I stay under the 34 and a half. But if you really look at it, that's under like two a pod. If you break it down per week, it's like under like four a pod. But that's yeah, not bad. That's, that, that's, a, yeah, that's a lot better than what I've been. But back to this, right? So downloading the game was an absolute fucking disaster. Okay. Let me just get that off my chest right now. Okay. Yeah, that shit the was fact. Cool. It was absolutely terrible. Okay. First of all, the idea of of downloading a game to your hard drive, I don't know what company thought that this was a good idea. Whether it was Microsoft, Sony, if they decided, hey, this is the best way to do it, bullshit. 
they did it successfully on an Xbox 360 for God knows how long, where you just put the disc in and you're ready to go. I don't need a game downloaded on my hard drive. Okay, so that's one. One, downloading it, bitch. And what I mean by that is it downloaded, which if you did it wirelessly, which is what Deepaw did, it took literally two hours. Dean, no. If you da- Correction. Yeah. That shit took close to like five hours. There was like five individual updates, dude. Well, that, I, I started I'll, at like I'll, 8.30. I got on about one. So what is that? Just over four. I'm getting to that. Hold on a second. We're getting Holy there. Shit. So we're, we, so you download the first one. And the first one, if you did it wired, which is what I did, right, it took about like an hour and 10 minutes, which is okay because I, you know, I, I might have messed up my timetable a little bit, didn't get it when I wanted to, whatever. But the first one downloaded after an hour and 10 minutes. I texted my brother and said I'm good to go. Then I went into my queue, okay, and it said I had to download the campaign. I had to download the multiplayer. I had to download some other bullshit. And then I had to download some other bullshit that I didn't know. There was four additional downloads to that game, which puts it at five downloads. Not only, yeah, not only did the time suck, but I can't download another game. If, if, I, if I wanted to buy a free fucking game on my Xbox right now, I have no space for it because <laughs> this game ate up more gigs than Battlefield ever did. So that was a disaster. Second of all, servers crashed first day. Am I surprised? No. Okay. I was put in a queue just to get into the game because they, they, they were having an overload. That's ridiculous. Third oh, of so all. So it was like Fortnite. Like, yeah. Remember when Fortnite came out and you had to have yeah and you had to sit there for an hour and wait. It was like yeah, that. not as not as bad as that, but there was a queue, which is unbelievable on launch day. Now I understand that the servers can get overloaded. Look, I'm a tech guy, like I get it. However, like this is something that you should have planned for, and they didn't plan properly for it. That pissed me off. The only other thing that I can say about uh, is, I have plenty about this game. Okay, so l- let me give you a little <laughs> bit of the positives first. Let me give you a little bit of positives first. The no, no, no fuck that. I'm going negative still. The, the fact, the fact that I go into a game, right, and it's one game, it's six on six domination, and then the next game, it's ten on ten, like absolutely atrocious filtering settings. Oh yeah, okay, quick, and, quick play or whatever the hell they yeah, call it. No. Filter out the tens because it's just way too much shit. It's a camping type game. So anyone who likes multiplayer, like it is a slow paced camping type game. It is a fast paced game, game engine wise movements. Um, the way you can move around slide all that. It's a very fast paced game gun, like the, the bullet drop, all that, like all that's very fast paced. All of it's realistic. Graphics are fantastic, but the filtering is, is awful in which they needed an update to be able to fix that because it was getting blasted on Twitter. Not only to mention, they only change the updates when the pros blast it. Yep. Scump shout out Seth Abner, who I went to high school with awesome kid. If anyone knows anything about call of duty is a legend in the call of duty world. Okay. Seth Abner tweeted it out. How did, how come dead silence isn't silent? It was fixed the next day. Okay. So the fact that they have to listen to pros, okay, rather than have the pros come play the game before launch date and do this, kind they wait, yeah, they wait for the negative impact it has. Having said that, first of all, and, and then on top of that, you die quicker than shit. Uh, having said that, the campaign is beautiful. 
the single player mode is gorgeous. If you're if you're into campaign, which I'm not, but I just wanted to play it just to see how it went. You know, it's like an eight point six storyline nope. is pretty legit. Yeah, it's the, the graphics are really good. Like it's it's a it's entertaining. So the campaign's good. I'm not a campaign guy. The multiplayer, it in my opinion, is like a six point four. You know. It's a good experience, but you got to learn how to play it. You can't play fast paced. You can't, you know, you can't run and gun. Like the guns are awesome, but you know, to get to where you want to be, to be able to compete at like a really high level, which is what I want to do. You know, I, you have to, I have to change the way I play, which is completely different than any other call of duty I've ever played. I'm the running gun. Like I'll, I'll get, I'll drop 55 kills in a domination. I'll die 36 times. Like I'm a running gun guy. You know, so it's it's a completely different thing. But the only thing that I love about this game that which is a which is a cool ten out of ten, and I'll give it a nine point eight because there's no tens, um, is the two v two playlist. The two on two playlist is fantastic. It's it's a best of seven, or it's a it's the first team to win six, and you have you know every two rounds the guns change. So. The the 2v2s are fantastic. The maps on the 2v2s I like better than than the normal playlist. But this game is so unbelievably overhyped that I could not be more disappointed with how my expectations were for the game. Now, it's a Call of Duty game. I'll, I'll love to play it. But at the end of the day, if you plan on playing this game by yourself, you are going to be fucking miserable. <laughs> that, that's a review. That's a great review. Thanks, man. So, so did you like it or? <laughs> Look, I enjoy it because it's a duty game and I like shooting people in video games. But oh in, in video so, games, uh, I, had, I, had to, I had to clarify that real quick. Um, <laughs> I, look, look, I enjoy the game. But it's it's just not as good as what I thought. If you're talking overall, it needs more over- to be desired. Yeah. The overall product is like a seven, two, you know, which isn't bad for a video game, but for a call of duty franchise, it's just not it. it, it like the world war two game. I, I loved, unfortunately it got bashed by pros and the, and they waited eight months to come out with new maps. Like it's really not hard to have a successful video game. It's Look, really not. Doing it, they've, and they've been doing it for so fucking long. You'd think they'd figure it out by now. Well, that's the thing is every year it alternates. Right. But like, as, but as a franchise though, call of duty, it's like different engines and whatnot, but it's like, it's the same shit. Like every, you know, every three or four years, like you'd think they figure it out. I agree. I mean, like they know what the pro, like they know what the pros like, which I've realized that watching People play video games sometimes is more entertaining than playing it. They but make it look, especially like Scumper, dude. He makes it look so smooth. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he makes it look easy. Like I have shots sometimes where I'm like, wow, I'm a pro. But like watching like <laughs> like watching like Ninja on, on Fortnite is 20 times better than playing Fortnite. Agreed. Yeah, but uh, for those of you probably sitting in your car right now wondering why are they talking about video games, we have to always give a shout-out to the eSports guys. You know, that is a sport. But uh, in very exciting news, Larry Rothschild, the pitching coach or ex-pitching coach for the New York Yankees, 
has been officially sent to the sun, never to return, gone out of our lives forever, and never to wear a Yankee uniform ever. No more pinstripes ever. Thanks for nothing, champ. Absolutely nothing. Girardi's going to hire him in Philly, but <laughs> but what like whatever. Like Rothschild, like I, I don't know what you did. I, I'll never know what you do, but to be honest with you, if the Yankees don't hire the pitching coach that was in AAA, like something's seriously wrong because Chad Green was sent down, came back looking like a like a completely different pitcher. Canely went down, came back up, fucking shoved. You know, how about we go hire the pitching coach who handles Sonny Gray? How about that? You know, because Sonny <laughs> Gray came and left and came in sucking balls and left a Cy Young potential guy with his numbers. You know what I mean? Like there are Great so numbers. many pitchers. There are so many pitchers like Michael Pineda. Pineda shoves. Now like Evaldi shoves. Like there are so many guys that have come in and out of the Yankees rotation that just suck. <laughs> and then they leave and become really good. Yeah, I every, I don't child. Right, every time I think of Larry Rothschild, I just think of how he turned an ace and a Cy Young contender, like like probably top ten every single year in Sonny Gray, and turned him into maybe the worst pitcher that has ever walked in New York. <laughs> like I like when you like. First of all, who cares that we traded uh, Jorge Mateo and James Caprolin because they're not even doing anything. And then the guy, uh, uh, Dustin Fowler, like nobody even cares. Like it's honestly a good thing we got rid of him because they were just taking space up in the farm in the farm system. But like I, I, I don't understand how you had such a that top caliber of a pitcher to come in and you, he was supposed to like be the ace and potentially be a number one, but you knew you were getting a number two. And he just was horrible. Like, there, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't want to talk about it because I know it's, like, old, but, like, still. Like, you know what I mean? I like, mean, Dean, I know you hated him. I, I, I mean, like, look, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. He's been around baseball. I'm sure he's very knowledgeable. I'm, I'm sure when it – I mean, I'm 100% sure when it comes to pitching, he's 100% more knowledgeable than I am. But if you look at guys like like Phil Hughes, you know, Ivan Nova. Love Hughes. You know, Pineda. Uh, Evaldi, who Sonny Gray, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're like the pitching list starts getting longer and longer and longer of guys that should not have been pushed out of New York because I thought they got pushed out really quick. He was the Yankees pitching coach since 2011. You know, if if you if. Is it a coincidence that they haven't won a World Series in that year? I don't know. Maybe. You know, maybe they didn't have enough. But, you know, if you look at their pitching staffs throughout this this time, you know, it's not it, it's not jumping off the board. You know, like CC's gotten progressively worse. Maybe that's health issues. You know, I think the, the best pitcher that we've had before Tanaka and Paxton was like Hiroki Kuroda, who was like thirty-eight. <laughs> The freaking goat. Girl. You know, the guy just absolutely shoved any chance he had. But, dude, they, it's it's a young man's game. You know, it's a young man's game. Go get a young pigeon coach who knows exactly what he's doing and replace this guy. 
Just replace this guy. Or, or you know what? Make Greg Bird the fucking pitching coach. I don't care. <laughs> what do you guys think you- it is? Because like I've known Dino forever, and he's always hated Rothschild as a coach. And you know, in the short time I've known you, Jedi, like you've hated him too. And like you guys make great, compelling arguments. Like, what is it? Like, what do you think it is? Like, he just doesn't know anything. He's a bad teacher. Like, he's got a dumb, a dumb philosophy. Like, it's a great question, and I'll answer it. It's his talent, if you want to say his ability to make a good pitcher horrible. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. But like, it, that's that's all he does. He shows no emotion. He looks like he doesn't want to be there every single time. He wears his jacket, doesn't even wear the uniform, comes out to the like the mound and goes like ah like he looks like very a grumpy old man that just doesn't want to be there. So in spite, he makes the pitchers worse. So Okay. He Oh man, I'm going back. Okay, so he pitched for Florida State. Okay. He signed as an amateur free agent with the Cincinnati Reds in 1975. Damn, you know your shit on Larry Rothschild. Okay. He, <laughs> he looked that he, up. I, I did, but because like a while ago I was curious on like where did Larry Rothschild come right. from? Right. You know, he actually managed the Devil Rays in 98 yeah. to 2001. No way. Which, Back when they were the yeah, Devil Rays. Yeah, in which he compiled a 205 and 294 record, which is – you know, whatever, when you're, when you're managing that team, like I get it, but right. here's the thing, right? And this is the thing that bothers me. Like his coaching resume is legit. He's been, he's been in baseball since 1986. Like his, his resume is legit. My problem with Rothschild is there, there, there reaches a point where, and, and some of this falls on Cashman where maybe the guys that you're bringing in just aren't that good. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we're taking a chance on the guy that's not that good. Like Yvonne Nova and, and Pineda were, were both supposed to be like the real deal. Maybe they just were average pitchers. Right. You know, Sonny, it, but they still turned into something good afterwards. Exactly. Sonny Gray, same thing. Like Sonny Gray said that, like, I think he throws a sinker and they were like, oh, you know, like I was told I, I wasn't supposed to throw a sinker and this and that, whatever, ball. like his curveball. Okay. But if you look at the numbers since 2011, his team ERA in, a, in 2011 was a 373. In 2015 was a 405. Okay. If you look at 2018, and I'm going to fact check this, or the 2019, I'm going to fact check this real quick because I think I know what it is, but I don't want to say, I don't want to say something and look like an asshole. But from <laughs> 405 in 2015 to this year, which was, where are we at here? Where are we at here? He was below a three, I think. No way. No ERA. way. Wait, no, no. no I'm way. talking about this year. Sonny Gray this year? No, no, no. Team ERA for Team the Yankees. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I thought you were talking about Sonny Gray. My bad. Yeah. A 4-3-1. A 4-3-1 Team ERA Ooh. in which the only starter whose ERA was underneath a four was Paxton at a 3-8-2, which is a miracle because in the first inning alone – Yep. His ERA was like above an eleven. I was gonna say I had him in fantasy, and he had a rough start to the year this year. 
You know, if it wasn't for Domingo Herman going 18 and four, which could be in an, it could be in an inflated number because he, his ERA was four and maybe the Yanks just hit on the days that he pitched. Yep. But th- like this, this staff was not that good. They won games because of, of their ability to bridge gaps and hold leads. Yeah. They were able to hold leads in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Since we're talking about the Yankees, they just had their closing interview. I think we talked about it last um, podcast, but I'm, I'm convinced now it's a conspiracy theory that Brian Cashman is just, I think the Yankees organization as a whole is run out of ideas of like injuries for Jacoby Ellsbury. There's nothing else left on the table. They've used every bone, every body part, every muscle they could think of to say it's strained. Anything they could like think of, I think they've run out to where the point where I think they've kidnapped him and captured him and put him maybe on an island by himself, maybe a cage of some sorts. Like there, something happened. Like you know what I mean? Like there's no way that this man, like his quote from Brian Cashman was, he is not healthy enough to do activities. Like, what does that even mean? Like, we haven't seen a photo of this guy since 2016. Like, who knows if he's, like, like living? You know what I mean? Like, where is he? Jacoby Ellsbury was arrested for robbery because <laughs> he robbed the Yankees of $180 million. Yo, highway robbery, bro. This guy is more of a crook than Ben Affleck in the town. <laughs> oh my gosh both came from boston too yeah what a fucking scumbag oh my last God. year last year too 2019 is the last year on the contract but it's okay I hope more time on the il dude that's just just the insurance pays for it and the yankees it's wild like to like be a buckos fan and like have that payroll that they have and like you guys are just like yeah whatever like yeah we'll just eat like this we haven't seen this dude in like four years like we'll just eat this 180 million dollar contract <laughs> i mean but but like why not just like why not just rip the band-aid off and be like we're buying you out yeah dude, i don't get it yeah right like just give them the 100 million dollars up front and be like get the fuck out of new york <laughs> it's the last year here. They owe him like care. 18 million. He's gone. I don't care. Give him the 18 million in May and be like, goodbye. Yeah, Good riddance. Get the hell out of there. Like, move to be the first person to be civilized on Antarctica, you douche. He's from <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> Go to Oregon, dude. Go to Oregon and smoke so much pot, you don't know how to spell your name. It's a lot of pot for 180 million. Uh, <laughs> George. George. It's your pot. What is this? <laughs> it's your pot. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, speaking of like letting go of managers and whatnot, the Buccos, uh, the Pirates have so far fired their president, their general manager, their manager, and their pitching coach. So we, uh, in a in a bass backwards way of doing things, we fired the coach first. And then we fired the president, and then we fired the GM. So yeah, the guys that we were you know interviewing for for uh, head coaching positions were done by a fired person now. So uh, yeah, should be interesting times uh, down there on the on the on the North Shore, huh? Yeah, it's good for them, I mean, they need it. Interesting yeah, dude, exactly. way to get like, it yeah, done. Thirteen years of bullshit. Like yeah, uh, Neil Huntington 
you know, he did some good things, but he's going to be remembered for the last two trades he made. Uh, the Archer trade, giving up Glassnell and Meadows, uh, or the, those last two pieces in the Cole trade. Um, and he did a lot of good things. He, they, you know, they spent money for two freaking years and they went to the playoffs like four years or three years in a row and should have been a fourth. So they prove you can spend the money and, you know, even being on the raise level, like a little bit more than where we're at now, spend an extra 15 million a year and we got a chance in the central. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. What? Dude, I'm going to tag you on Instagram. It just shows a video of this Oakland Raiders fan who's a chick just throwing in an absolute hammer. Long cut. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, good for the Pirates, dude. Yeah, they they had to clean house, man. Yeah, it's about time. But with that, it's time for Deepaw's history class. Uh, welcome, students. Welcome back to uh, history. I hope everyone uh, completed all their assignments uh, and be sure to take some good notes for today. There might be a pop quiz in here uh, and in a future segment, so just be careful. Um, so today, uh, October 28th, four notable things happened in the course of uh, humankind history. Uh, the first thing here in the United States, 1636, Harvard College, which would be go on to be Harvard University, was founded which was the oldest higher learning institution in the United States, 140 years before we even signed the Declaration of Independence and 155 before we even became a true country. Um, interesting little fact, though, boys. Uh, well, excuse me, boys, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, students, excuse me. Uh, right. Tusculum College, my alma mater, that is the 23rd oldest college in the country and the oldest in the great state of Tennessee. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy to think about how old uh, or how long this country's been around and how long some of these colleges have too. Um, moving forward, 1793, uh, a young man by the name of Eli Whitney patents the plans for the cotton gin. Um, do you guys know what a cotton gin is? I do. Ooh, it, it removed, it was, a, it was a manufactured way to remove the seed and all the bull crap uh, from the, all of the cotton leaves, which because of this patent, it made it so much easier uh, to manufacture cotton, which led to the need for more slaves, which led to the Civil War, yada, yada, yada. It gets a little crazy once you get into the 1800s. Um, speaking of the 1800s, in 1886, the Statue of Liberty was dedicated um, do you guys know who made the Statue of Liberty or, or from which country it came from? France. Yeah, France, man. Uh, yeah, designed by a guy uh, named Bartholdi. Uh, it was a gift of, uh, of independence um, when shortly after uh, we won our freedom from England uh, in the Revolutionary War, uh, sp- or, uh, excuse me, France went through a civil war on their own and, uh, you know, overthrowing uh, King Louis XVI and uh, creating a democracy as well. So uh, a lot of the ideas uh, between our two great countries are, are shared because they all learned from, uh, you know, the same Greek and, and the, the same Greek philosophers and whatnot with the, with the principles of democracy. Um, 
Fast, and, uh, fast forward in here to the 20th century. Dino, this one is important for you. Italy invades Greece. Benito Mussolini, yeah. the dictator, invaded Greece in 1940, trying to, to jump on what Hitler had done, uh, the, the axis of evil, if you will. Um, Dean's forefathers beat back the woefully arrogant Italian. Yeah, get the fuck out! The Italians had all this bravado. They had the nicest navy. They had this, uh, you know, brand new modern equipment. Uh, but the one thing they didn't have was good leadership and good soldiers. And the ragtag group of Greeks outnumbered almost uh, some accounts of three to one, beat the shit out of the Italians, and actually Dino drove them back through Albania into the Adriatic Sea. So yes. props to that. That shit was hype. Bye. But unfortunately, Hitler didn't want a southern flank to be exposed, so he brought in the Nazis, and they uh, unfortunately beat back the the brave fighters uh, of freedom from Greece, um, as well as the English, too. And I believe they fell back to Crete, uh, where a huge battle was fought through there. But also was was one of that, – that kind of reshaped how World War II was fought in Greece because, yes, the, the Greeks struggled – but the actual homeland wasn't attacked directly, if my memory serves me correctly, because of what happened in the Greco-Italian War. Yeah, the, the, the Greeks did a great job. The, it was just pure, basically brute strength that uh, the Nazis just basically burst through their defenses and like straight into Athens. Um, and that was like kind of the Blitzkrieg. Uh, it was, you know— hyper fast and it was you know usually in one spot too it didn't lay like havoc throughout the country uh typically it was, it was really isolated in in pockets no right the blitzkriegs were no joke yeah that shit was uh it was it truly was revolutionary and uh you know it was completely contrary to the way battles were fought uh you know even 25 years before in world war one you know it, it it started off you know very offensive but you know once you start throwing out machine guns against you know cavalry charges and you know uh bayonet charges yeah it typically doesn't end well and the all the all the powers except the germans uh you know thought all warfare would be fought like that it would all be a defensive war um but hitler and his generals came up with this das blitzkrieg yeah you know just lightning war uh it oh, truly was no. i was wrong dude the greeks got fucked up by the germans well yeah but like not i didn't think the i thought it was truly just athens that got fucked up yeah well uh, this is a picture of them hanging the nazi flag on the Parthenon. Oh yeah, oh, dude. Of, dude, Italy, Italy went in there thinking they were just going to dominate them. They got beat to shit. But then, like, that's like going against like a ninth grade squad, like in football. And then, like, you bring in the Nazis who are like, uh, I don't want to say like the you know an undefeated team in the Super Bowl, but like because they got defeated. They were undefeated like, at the time. Squad that was the best regular season squad you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, they were undefeated at the time, though. They. Yeah, like they, yeah, they hadn't really been dealt a defeat until the next year in 1941 when they invaded uh, uh, Russia in the east. But uh, it wasn't until then, yeah, that they got handed a tough defeat. Um, speaking of uh, shortly after World War II, there, 1962, and this is our final lesson for the day. Uh, Nikita Khrushchev, PM, Prime Minister or, or Soviet leader, whatever you want to call him, uh, of the Soviet Union calls off missiles going to Cuba 
which officially ended the Cuban Missile Crisis, which um, if you're not familiar with uh, Cuba being, what, like 30 miles from Florida, especially you boys down there in South Florida, uh, they wanted to bring nuclear weapons uh, right on our doorstep. And uh, JFK basically said, if you cross this line, you know, we're going to start World War III and uh, mutually assured destruction will occur. And so thankfully, cooler heads prevailed and, and nothing came of that. What a lesson today. Dude, I, it's truly crazy. What I like about this is like, yeah, you're like October 28th, nothing, you know, it's not, you know, December 7th, 1941. Like, it's not these huge dates in history, but you go back through a random day and, you know, there are about three other things I could have talked about, but these four things I thought were great uh, to bring onto the pod. An amazing lesson, as always, De Palma. But let's go straight into Dean's final thought. So my final thought for today to, to just stay on, on just the history, like just the educational aspect of this podcast, let's focus on Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Oh my God, I'm so glad you're talking about this. The leader of ISIS is dead. And let me tell you about this fucking pussy. Yup. Okay. And I know it's a it's a it's a family friendly pod, but you know what? I don't care. This fucking coward was chased by dogs after his entire compound was destroyed down a dead end tunnel in which he had children and women around him. And knew that he was going to get absolutely obliterated by these bloodthirsty dogs that were going to drag this piece of shit out by his beard. (laughs) And detonated his suicide vest, killing everybody around him and himself. Let me tell you something. And I know he's not going to hear this because he's dead. But (laughs) if by chance, somehow, someone close to him hears this, which they won't. Because they're going to die too. But if somebody did, theoretically, the fact that you have men who are willing to die for you and you are not willing to – and I don't mean this in like a sick way. But if you're going to go out like a savage, like if you're going to preach this savage type lifestyle where like you're going to – you're just straight martyrs and like, you know, uh, like all hail Allah and like that's what you you believe you're fighting for and like you have the right to your own beliefs. If you believe that, then that's fantastic, right? Not a a fan of how you're choosing to express it, but you, you decide to go out like that. Bro, you you are a piece of shit. Everything that you stand for is – I'm getting so mad right now. (laughs) This guy's a scumbag. He is an absolute scumbag. He's he's some of the worst of the worst scum of the earth. I mean the horrible, inhumane things that he did to other human beings is completely abhorrent and disgusting and he got exactly what he deserved. Um I think he's a complete coward. You touched on earlier how it all went down, um, which during that entire raid, no U.S. lives lost, no U.S. injured other than a service dog, which did you see the picture that with his uh, tongue the president, out? Oh, my God. That is like that dog is a savage, but that looks like such a good boy. And I want to give him so many rubs. It's uh, ridiculous. 
He's such a good boy. You come give me mooches for dude, that little guy. Oh, my guy. God. He'd be the best pup, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just going to have to be the picture of the podcast just because, like, this dog is just the cutest <laughs> thing ever. It is, dude. And, just, and, and, and you know what? He knows what he's doing. Oh, he yeah. He knows what he's trained to do. And, dude, and he, he knows when he did a good job, and he knows when he's been a good boy. Yeah, he was a good boy. It, 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 like, rest in peace to the to the classified name of this of this pup. But this pup deserves <laughs> as many treats. And I, I hope he's in doggy heaven, just yeah. getting all the little treats in the world. No, Dino, he didn't. He didn't pass away. He got injured. But he's he, but he's good, dude. He's ready to roll. He's not dead. No, he's not dead, dude. He got injured. That's it. He's good. This dog's a fucking savage. Yeah. Why would they not release the name? Yeah, I love how it's so classified that this dude, that this dog is on SEAL Team 6, that they couldn't even give out the dog's declassified name. How Like, it's probably like Spike or some shit like that. Like, what do you think this dog's name is? I understand that. I was was saying, like, if he died, I don't know why they didn't say his name. But I understand now if he's alive, why they didn't say his name. What's his name, dude? Hunter. Spike. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, he's just like this dog is just awesome, just awesome. Like he, somebody should cook this dog a steak and just let him. Dude, pound I would it, give dude. him the finest T-bone steak. I would prepare in the most beautiful fashion for that pup. Yeah, I mean that guy. Like that's a good little doggy. <laughs> but yeah, Abu Bakar Al Baghdadi, rest in peace. And by piece, piece of shit, I mean you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> well, that's all for this edition of Major League Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at JD with Sports. You guys got anything else? USA, USA. <laughs> uh, Michael Ruzioni, do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes. Do, 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 do. Jump